G'day guys. In today's episode, we sit down with former Collingwood and St Kilda player Nathan Freeman as he reflects on his time in the AFL, his injury setbacks and what he's up to post-footy. So sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Nathan Freeman, welcome to the Pressure Point podcast. G'day, boys. Good to be here. You finally got me on. So. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. You're a hard man to get a hold of. I think we, uh, well, I got in touch with her probably July or August, and we've, we've finally got you here at the start of November. So, uh, Popper <laughs> fans been in me almost <laughs> on your behalf, but uh, yeah, like I said before, I put my hand up. I've been very slack on the on this front, so. <laughs> All good, mate. We are, we finally got you. I'm sure it'll be worth it. Um, and just a question from from one of our avid listeners, which I'm, I'm sure you'll know the bloke that's uh, that sent this in. He said, "Hey boys, uh, make sure Nate says thank you to Marcus for the great car, car park spot. Me and him get for live events in Richmond. Who do you think that's from? <laughs> the great car park spot. Um. Oh, geez, I don't know. Where, well, you, where? you just mentioned him." Mopper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bloody oh. We, we love that. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, you just um, at, at the Jets Richmond car park in Richmond. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you just sent that in to, uh, just to, to let you know about it. Um, that's real. I don't know. Yeah. That's real uh, niche. That's real. <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, you, you know, you boys are big fans of live events. So, I'm sure you've been missing them over the last you know, six to eight months. Hey, I know. I reckon our last gig was. I reckon our last gig was December last year. Liam Gallagher. So it's oh, just so long. Um, yeah, actually, I went to see Ziggy Alberts at Australian Open um, in Feb or January, whatever it was. But with me and Popo, our last one was probably December. So we're well due. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, um, yeah, you're more than welcome to keep using that car spot, mate. So don't forget about it next time. No, that's for sure. <laughs> this will be, be my repayment to you. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, mate. Well, uh, let's get stuck into. We'll get stuck into your footy. That's what we're what we're here for. And um, we'll we'll wind it right back to your junior footy days. And um, yeah, being a Bayside boy playing down there. And um, yeah, let us know what that experience was like and, and what it was like coming through the ranks. Yeah. So Bayside boy, I played all my juniors at Dingley Footy Club. So from under nines to under fifteens, sixteens, I played at Dingley and. Um, yeah, loved it, mate. That's that's you know, my older brother played down there, so it was only natural. And um, it's it's a great club down there. Well, I, I really enjoyed it. And then I was lucky enough to um, to get a scholarship to Halebury um, end of year nine. So spent year 10, 11 and twelve at Halebury. So school footy sort of took over um, at the end of under fifteens, and and from 15, 16, 17s, 18s, I played um, school footy, um, Sandy Dragons. Um, big metro and that sort of stuff. So um, hopefully one day I'll be able to get back down there and play a few games in the in the red, black and gold. But um, yeah, wait and see. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a powerful club, the, the Dingley Footy Club. It's they've been very strong for oh, geez, almost a decade now. It's it's been crazy. So, um, but then you mentioned yeah your Sandy Dragons days, your big metro days, and then you obviously got drafted. So. 
Um, yeah, tell us your experience with that. Um, like draft night, what was that like? And um, did you sort of have an inkling of where you might end up? Like was was the pause always the destination? Just, yeah, explain us uh, yeah, what that night was like. Yeah, so I think sort of before the draft, about a month out from the draft when um, – at, at the time, the draft was up in the Gold Coast, so they send about oh, they send about fifteen odd boys who they think are in the mix to go top ten to obviously get up on stage and, and they make a bit of a, a night of it. Um, so I was lucky enough to get um, an inv- invitation to go up there. So we, me, Mum, Dad, Mitchell, and Marcus, my two brothers, we flew up there on the day um, and they you know put us up in a hotel and it, it was good. And then so my manager Paul Connors, he. Um, we sort of had an inkling where we were going to go. I think it was either going to be between Melbourne at nine and, and Collingwood at 10. Um, so I sort of had a good idea where I was going to go, but yeah, at, you don't really know what's going to be. So I think Brisbane Lions had a bit of interest um, and they were earlier and then Melbourne and then yeah, Collingwood. So um, I, I, thought, I knew I was going to stay in Victoria. Um, it was quite likely. So um, just on the draft night and then when, when the Melbourne, called out Christian Salem at nine. I sort of knew I was going to go at 10. So, um, yeah, mate, like emotional day. Like it was, it was awesome. Um, it's just sort of a culmination of your whole juniors career and, and what you've sort of wanted to, you know, since you, since you kicked your first footy. So, um, yeah, it was amazing. And after that, after the night, we, so Matt Scharenberg got drafted at pick six as well. Um, and then, so we, our family and their family and the, the Collingwood recruiters and um, Bucks and, and all those, um, anyone that was connected to Collingwood up there, we all went out for a big feed and a big dinner. So, yeah, it was good. And, um, yeah, it's just a bit, of a bit of a relief and a bit of a, um, you know, bit of satisfaction for my junior career. And then also just excited to get started, mate. Like it was, you know, head down, bum up. We, I think we started training about three days later um, was day one. So, yeah, it all happened pretty quickly, but, yeah, loved it. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, did you get stuck straight into it? I mean, like that that night, and then obviously it would have been a whirlwind twenty four hours after it. What was yeah. it like the next day? Like, was it? I mean, you probably would have had a few media commitments and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so mate, I reckon I slept a wink that night. It was just, <laughs> like I was buzzing, like just speaking to mates and and just getting just pure excitement. And then yeah, so the next morning we had a few media commitments. We had um, you know some TV interviews on the beach and and that sort of stuff, and a few photo opportunities. And then yeah flew home that afternoon and sort of had the weekend to to get my stuff ready and and then started day one on Monday so um it's pretty pretty daunting because I think you know before the draft that if you're going to state it you got to pack your stuff up pretty quickly and sort of get out of there so I got one of my best mates Carl Amon he got drafted to Port Adelaide and he you know within two days is you know living in Adelaide when he you, you could be anywhere so um yeah, it all, it all happens real, real quickly. But clubs are so good nowadays with their welfare and their, um, they sort of set you up you know, before the draft. And, and if you come here, that um, this is what's going to happen. We're going to take care of you. We're gonna, you're going you're gonna to live here. You're going to stay with these people, host families or whatnot. So um, that sort of takes a bit of the anxiety out of, the, out of moving so quickly. But um, yeah, it all happens real quickly straight after the draft. Yeah, sounds Incredible. So yeah, it'd be a very, very crazy few days, but um, touching on your preseason and, and getting stuck into it, how was your first preseason? Was it, was it as hard as a lot of players say it was? And, um, and what were the pies like in, in welcoming you in um, that, yeah, those first few days, first few weeks? Yeah. So preseason, I think for, for the first couple of months of preseason, pretty much all you do is just train, sleep and eat. Cause you're just so buggered from, you know, 
such a shock to the system just going from you know training from juniors and stuff to being in a full-time environment training with you know you're 18 but you're training with blokes with you know 30 and 25 and it's just a whole different environment so um my first uh my first pre-season was yeah it was good like I didn't have I think the thing is like I never had any issues you know in my first pre-season or any injury issues so um yeah I, I loved it and I just sort of soaked it up and um yeah, like at, at the time, I think the players were in a bit of a transition phase as well. I think so. Bucks was sort of just coming into his first few years of coaching, and um, I think you know the year before I got there, I think Heath Shaw um, left and Daisy Thomas left, and um, we still had the you know Swannies and the the Cloakies and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it was a bit bit of a changing um, a transition period for the players at, at the time from new coaches and, and getting some new personnel and, in, and new players. So um, yeah, loved it, mate, and then. Yeah, leading up to the to the NAB Cup game. Um, yeah, my first preseason. Yeah, love it, mate. Yeah, it sounds sounds crazy. Sounds amazing. Um, who at Collingwood sort of took you under 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 their wing when you um? I mean, in those first few months, like, was there anyone that you you were super close with? Um, yeah, from the get go. Yeah, I was. I think like Ben Reed, me and Ben Reed got really close really quickly. I think on the, the first weekend after my first week, I went over to his and we had a. Um, a few beers and stuff, but he, uh, yeah, he, he sort of took me under his wing, I think, because he's just a country lad, and I think we sort of had some mutual friends and um, stuff like that, and obviously Kyle Martin as well, he's um, he's from down our way, so he, uh, we obviously had some, you know, mutual connections there, so yeah, I think all the younger boys, like, we, we had a, a fairly big drafts crew um, in my year, and then um, the year before, so they had a fair few draftees come in. So there was, a, there was a big group of younger boys, which was good. And, and we all got on pretty quickly because, you know, you're living in each other's pockets every day. So, um, yeah, it's, I'd, I'd probably say, yeah, Ben Reid was probably the one that we got really close early. And it probably was a bit funny the way it turned out. We, we got so, you know, so many injury um, issues together and we sort of just kept it going from there. And we, and we spent a lot of time together, um, obviously, in rehab and, and getting back onto the park. So, yeah, it was funny the way it turned out. It, uh, did Dane Swan ever try getting you into the Rat Pack at any point? And was that something you were interested in? Oh, I don't know. I was, I was a couple of lockers down from him at the start. So we, me and Swan were, um, weren't too far away from each other. But no, I think at the time, like I said, he sort of lost Daisy, lost Didak, um, He sure just left. Um, so he was, probably, he was probably looking for a new Rat Pack. But um, I think the next, the, the next draft, I think we got Geordie Degoe, Braden Maynard. So a few boys weren't too far away to join. <laughs> is it? Did you ever catch? Swanee said before in his own podcast that he was uh, used to drink the vo- vodka um, Gatorades <laughs> after a game. Is, that, is there any truth behind that? Did you ever catch him doing that? I don't know, mate. If he, if he did, he kept it pretty quiet. Um, <laughs> but no, Swanee, like uh, for the the amount of things that you'd think about Swanee, like he he's probably one of the best. Tra- as soon as the footies come out of training, he's probably the the best trainer. Like I've probably trained with. Um, like, you know, just, you might come across as a bit of a larrikin and off-field stuff, but I think he's just a footballer. Like, as soon as the footy's come out, um, you know, it might seem like he's a, a bit of a casual bloke and a bit, bit of a larrikin, but, yeah, like, once footy's come out, he's just a madman and he's just so good. So, yeah, he um, he's probably the hardest trainer that I've trained with to play on at training. Yeah, what, what about the likes of um, of Scotty Pendlebury and, and Nathan Buckley? Like, working with them, what was it? What was it like? Obviously, they're both, you know, well, known as 
unbelievable professionals. Um, I mean, in particular, Pendles, obviously you're playing with him. What were they like and um, did they give you a lot of you know, advice you know, coming into the AFL system? Yeah, so Pen- Pendles was awesome. Pendles was awesome with the whole whole group from the from the youngest bloke to the oldest bloke. Um, yeah, he's just an amazing character, amazing player. Um, and it's probably no, it's no surprise he's got you know, so much out of his career already and he looks like he could play another five years, um, just like his diligence and his application to training and getting his body right and his nutrition. And um, I think he's just he's just a good example for the, for the younger boys and the, and the group to sort of model themselves off. So um, he was there. And then, and then Bucks, um, Bucks was awesome. He, so he was still, like I said, in his first few years of coaching, taking over from Nick Mulhouse and, um, just sort of getting his list and, and his philosophies and stuff down um, at the club. So, um, yeah, Bucks is amazing to everyone. Like, oh, me and Bucks got him really well. Um, so, yeah, we, those boys were awesome. And I think that the change, um, so Pendles took over from Nick Maxwell as well when I was I was there. So, Pendles had just got the captaincy and, and Maxi was still there. Um, and, yeah, Ma- Nick Maxwell was amazing as well to the younger boys. He's just incredible person and I think he still works with I think he was working with Melbourne Storm I think he might have just finished but working with Melbourne Storm working with Collingwood just in you know leadership and culture spaces and stuff just because that was his sort of one wood he's just amazing captain um and yeah amazing person yeah their their leadership would have been I would have definitely put you on the right path from an early start but um it's obviously no secret you did have some battles with injuries and whatnot. How might be a silly question, but how frustrating was it, um, you know, dealing with those, just trying to give yourself a good crack at it? And how did you keep yourself motivated, um, you know, despite constantly you're having those injuries to deal with? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's obviously no secret that I was injured quite a bit, but um, how, how did I deal with it? I don't know, like it was it was a funny one because I'd, I'd never had a soft tissue injury before my first one at the Pies. Um, so it's just, I think when, when, I, when I first did it, I think on the night and the next day or so before I got the scares, they sort of thought it was going to be a three to four week injury, my first hammy, and I'd be fine. So that stretched out to, to missing the season. And then I did it again the next year, missed another whole season, had surgeries um, to, to fix the tendons and stuff. But um, I think, like I said before, at the, at the time, Ben Reid sort of started getting his injury issues as well. And, and we sort of just, you know, motivated each other to get back on the park. And I think I think the thing is, like, with, a, with um, you know, niggling hamstring issues and, and tearing hamstring stuff, I think you're always sort of around the mark, like playing, you're, always, you're out on the track, like you're not too far away from the boys. Um, whereas I can see some, something like an ACL or a longer-term injury would um, you know, when you're such a forced absence, you can't really do, can't run for three months. You can't, yeah, I, I don't know. I always, always was really like grateful for playing AFL. Like I never, I never, it never felt like a chore coming into the club. I think that's just the way, I don't know. I, I was just more of an optimistic sort of person. I I just love still coming into the club and, and getting my, getting the work done, being around the boys. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I knew that, it would start turning eventually. I think like it sort of took a couple of years, but I think in my sort of third and fourth years, well, probably my fourth year, um, which was at the Saints, I started to, my body started to, you know, become more durable and I started to um, play games. But yeah, at the start, like it was all sort of new to me. Like I'd I'd do a hammy and it was um, like, I I didn't quite know like what, how long it was going to be to rehab and, and, 
what um, I was just sort of really oversensitized to, to things, um, like so injury things. So I'd get a niggle in my hamstring and it would, you know, would flare up and turn into, you know, three or four week injury. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just just kept backing up, mate. I don't know. <laughs> now, fair enough, fair enough. Now, it did take a while, as you said, but all 1,724 days to be exact, but you kicked your first goal in AFL after a while. What was that feeling like? And was it sort of, I guess, like you said, all the injuries and stuff, was the whole build-up to, towards kicking that first goal, was it just a really special moment? Yeah, it was. Like, I think, um, I mean, coming into my first game, um, I, I wasn't even, I wasn't that nervous at all. Like, I sort of just... I'd played the game that many times in my head. I was just that ready to play um, when I did. Um, and, yeah, playing that first game and kicking my first goal in my second game, um, yeah, it was amazing, mate. And the amount of support that I had from, um, you know, the Saints fans and, and the Saints members and, and even even Collingwood fans and stuff just being able to see me play because um, I think it was just sort of getting, getting ridiculous at the point where it was just being that long and, and I sort of just... It was, it was more of a relief just to get a game because I remember I was me and Poppy used to always speak about it. Like we always thought, what imagine if I'd gone through six years of this and I didn't even get a game? Like it would just be, I don't know. I was just grateful I got got a game and wish I got a few more. But that's footy, mate. It's a brutal industry. It um, yeah, it's 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 hard to play one game, let alone ten, let alone a hundred. So um, yeah, I wish it went on for a bit longer. But yeah, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, well, let's rewind a little bit and um, go back to the time where you did move on from Collingwood to the Saints. Um, what was that whole trade experience like? Because there, there, there was a lot of talk about it at the time and um, you know, a lot of discussion around you know the the value and, and all that sort of stuff. So what was all that that whole experience like? Because I can imagine it would have been pretty, uh, pretty stressful. Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, I think we, we didn't make the call to leave. Like we wanted... Op- Initially, I wanted to stay, um, but I think just the security and the the chance to you know have the longest career possible um, and and fresh eyes. And I think after two years of being you know chronically injured um, surgeries, I, I sort of needed a, a fresh you know fresh set of eyes and, and just some security to be able to get back to playing you know my my normal footy. So. Um, yeah, at the time, like we didn't make the call to leave till after the season. I didn't speak to anyone before after the season. And then, um, yeah, Paul sort of, we sort of got on the front foot to, you know, meet some other clubs. Um, and I think the Saints, you know, as being growing up a Saints supporter, that didn't really have any, didn't have too much influence in my decision. It was more just, I was really impressed with their, their physio staff and their, um, you know, the way that the list was heading and the way the club was being run. And I was a Bayside boy as well. And obviously the Saints being based in Bayside, it, it sort of made sense as well. Um, you know, less time spent in the car. And um, yeah, I could just sort of, you know, took a bit of the stress out of out of playing footy and I just needed a fresh start. So yeah, at the time of the trade period, I was actually overseas. I was visiting a mate um, in, in London. Um, so yeah, I sort of just, I was just kept being kept updated by my manager through through WhatsApp and um, yeah, one night at about well, it would have been three thirty in the morning or something. It might have been midday here. Um, he texted me and he said, um, "It's all gone through, mate. Like you're a saint." And 
um, yeah, it was a bit of a relief to get that done. And I sort of just wanted to get home and start training. Um, but yeah, it was obviously sad to, to leave the pies and I had a lot of good mates there and I initially wanted to stay, but, um, you know, that's like I said before, it's, it's, you know, it's a brutal industry and, and, you know, if you stay stagnant for too long, you get chewed up and spit out pretty quickly. So we needed to, um, I needed to get on the front foot and sort of make something happen. Would, um, would you say Adam Traor being, well, we was pretty much guaranteed that he was going to end up at the Pies that same year. Do you reckon, would that, did that have any influence at all as well, knowing that he was going to come in and take another spot that it'd be hard to sort of grab from him or was that not really a factor at all? No, I, I, I don't reckon that was really a factor at all. Um, I kind of, I'd back myself in to, to play footy and play games, but the number one thing was just getting my body right. I couldn't, couldn't even think about that sort of stuff until I could get back on the park consistently and playing footy. So that was number one to get back right and then, from then, from there, I'd, I'd focus on playing, you know, in the ones and, and you know, focusing on, on my spot in the team. But I, I was pretty realistic, mate. I was a zero-game player. Like, I wasn't going to come in and play midfield straight away, I think. Um, yeah, so I don't think that had too much influence. Yeah, fair enough. Now, after St Kilda, um, it was said you were flown over to the Gold Coast to have a look around at their facilities. Were you ever close to signing them? And obviously, you're a little bit if you flew out there, but was that ever, ever going to happen? Yeah, it was close. It was very close. I think... Um, I had a few medicals with with different clubs after the, the season and um, yeah, flew up to the Gold Coast, bit of a tour, um, meeting with Stewie Jew. Um, and yeah, like I, from all indications, it was going to go through. It was, um, I think it was about three or four days after I landed. Um, my manager, Paul Connor, has pretty much said, you know, that you're likely to go there. They're, they're thinking they're likely going to pick you up. But about two days after that, he rang me and he said, um, they're going to keep a spot free for the mid-season draft. So a bit of a kick in the teeth, but um, yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting too much. I was just, I was hopefully, you know, fingers crossed for another opportunity, but yeah, I, I, I knew there wasn't a, a heap of interest after that. I think, I think the main thing was getting back and, and if I had to play a season of state league footy, just to show I'm durable again. Um, Cause I think, I think like the talent wasn't the issue. It was just more about my body and, and being durable. So I think, I think what clubs and recruiters wanted to see was me go back and play a full season uninjured. Um, and yeah, then, then I'd hopefully give myself the best opportunity after that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and how did you deal with, um, you know, a little bit of criticism during that time as well? Um, yeah. Throughout that move and um, you know, like through social media, the media, all that sort of stuff. How, how did you deal with it? Did you, I know a lot of players say they ignore it, but um, yeah, how, how did you sort of um, yeah manage that? No, nah, you, you can't ignore it, mate. You always see things; things always pop up. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I never really got um, impacted by social media and that sort of stuff too much. I think some players, some players do, some players don't. Some players really thrive on the social media stuff. So um, for me, I was, I was pretty neutral. Like I didn't, I didn't. Well, obviously caught my fair share, but also caught a lot of support as well. So it sort of went both ways. I saw both ends of it. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, all, all the social media, like on Instagram and on Twitter and that sort of stuff, you can choose what you see and, and what you don't. So the clubs, are, the clubs are really good in being able to set up your social media accounts. So you see, you know, minimal abuse and, and that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm a bit of a footy nuffy anyway. Like when I was like I, I followed the trade period and and the and the draft and stuff um, quite closely. So um, yeah, and, and I sort of understand that it's it's the end of the day we're, we're just kicking a footy around and over. Like it's not it's not life or death. We're you know we're having fun and, and we're playing a game. So 
yeah, I think I'd, I could sort of put it into perspective quite quite well. Yeah, for sure, mate. Now it's a good way to look at it. And um, just touching back on the Saints, uh, who do you, who did you hang around with at the club? Um, you know, who were you? Who were your close mates? And um, I mean, you, there was probably a few a few uh, really good senior players here at the time as well. Like, who did you uh, who did you learn off the most as well? Um, who did I learn off? I think probably Dave Armitage was early. He was quite good. Like we we were pretty close, and and he was a obviously great player at the time. And um, Jack Stephen was awesome with all the players. I think probably who I was clo- I was probably closest with. So on my draft year was sort of like Jack Billings, Luke Dunstan, Blake Akers. Um, so obviously us us boys were quite close at the time as well because we were in the same age and same draft year. Um, and also got traded the same year. They picked up um, Jade Gresham. So we were me and Jade are still really good mates now, and, and we were quite close. So, um, but at the time, I think we had, still had Rui running around. Nick Greywalt still had I think two years to go before he retired. Lee Montagna was still running around. Um, so those guys were were amazing. Like Rui was was awesome, um, and and he's sort of like Pendles just. The way he goes about his training and his his diet, his application to footy, um, it's just you know an, the prime example of what what we should follow and what what you should do to get the most out of your career because he was, he's just a champion um, player and, and person. So yeah, there are a few names there that um, that were quite influential. Just a just a few couple of names there, like Rui and Lee Montagna, <laughs> nothing too special. Um, <laughs> You obviously, uh, you wanted to play a bit of VFL footy uh, down at the Dolphins. What was the experience like with Frankston? And uh, well, no, what was the, what was it like this year having no footy and sort of having a bit of a lull there? Yeah, so when I finished up, so Danny Ryan, who's the coach of, of Frankston, he um, he coached me at Sandy Dragons. So we were quite close and we kept in touch pretty much throughout my, my AFL career. And when I finished, we got in touch and um, I sort of wanted to go to a standalone club post my AFL career. Um, and I think, you know, the Port Melbournes, the Frankstons, the Williamstowns, and I think it just made sense. I, I, like I said, I was a Bayside boy, and, and it was it's just down the road, um, you know, 30 minutes from home, 25 minutes from home. It's it just uh, just easy, and, and I think I saw – so Danny pretty much sold me on his vision for the club and, and what, what we wanted to get out of it and what role I was going to play. And, yeah, so I went down there, and, and in our first – so 2019, last year we – we won one game, but we lost we lost three or four by under a goal and another three by under three goals. So we were quite competitive, but we just um, we're such a young list and we're a developing list. So hopefully we start seeing the fruits of of the, the work we've put in in the next couple of years. But um, it was good to see that we sort of became a bit more competitive than what Frankston had been. And, and obviously they were out of the league. Um, I think it was in 2016 or 2017 they were out of the league for a year. So just rebuilding from the ground up again. Um, so we were quite excited to what, what was going to happen this year. Um, but obviously the coronavirus stuff hit. We, we played one cracky match against Northern Blues and then pretty much straight after that, it was it was season done. And we sort of in limbo for a couple of months. We, we thought we were going to get a start again. So we, we started training for about a month or two um, in the middle of the year. But then obviously the second wave hit and we couldn't get anything up and going. But um, we were quite excited. I and mean, I think we'll keep most of our playing list from this year to next year. So... Um, yeah, it's exciting, and, and everyone's a year older, and you know, hopefully, we've uh, yeah, we can we can compete with obviously some of the needful sides coming in now as well, and um, yeah, we'll be quite competitive, I, I think. Have you been uh, doing much training and all that? Like, have you been given programs to follow, or is it just sort of do your own thing now, like on the regular off season? Yeah, so we had a program 
Um, so Chris Ross, our high performance manager at Frankston, he gave us all a program and sort of following that. But um, we've sort of been, we've been training since start of, you know, the end of October last year. So I'm having a, a, not a bit of a break, but just a bit of a deload period. And then we'll start getting into pre-season again quite soon. I'm starting November now. So we're not too far away from pre-season when, uh, when obviously the restrictions ease up and we're able to get, get a team back down and training. So, um, yeah, hopefully we're, uh, start sooner rather than later, but yeah, all the, all the boys have been training quite hard and, and we were ready to go if, if the season did get up and running and we we're quite bullish about what we we're going to do. Cause we're trained pretty much the whole way through and everyone applied themselves, um, a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Love it, mate. Um, yeah, you now, uh, you now work with Paul Connors and he, and his management company. Um, how are you enjoying that? And, and what exactly are you doing with them? Is that, is that like the, the area that you, that you sort of want to get into? Um, yeah, for later in life or over the next few years? Yeah, so um, like you touched on, I work at Connor Sports Management now. We, so Paul, sort of halfway through my last year at the Saints, um, sort of said, if it doesn't work out post, you know, post 2018, that if I want to come on and, and go part-time for a year and see if I enjoy the industry and then move to a, to a full-time role. So um, I did that and I, and I loved it. And so I've been full-time as of October last year. So just ticked over a year. Obviously been working from home most of this year, but um, yeah, been loving it, mate. And, and, I, and I, I work mostly with the under 18, so talent ID, um, recruitment, um, mentoring. So first year boys, under 18 boys, um, and that sort of stuff. And then obviously I'll move to, to hopefully getting my accreditation and, and being able to, you know, do the, do the, fun stuff so yeah it's, it's been quite good mate not there's a lot to learn in the industry it's a lot of networking a lot of relationship based uh it's a relationship based business so it's um yeah slowly meeting people in the industry and um yeah just sort of sort of imparting what what i've been through on on my younger boys and my 17s and 18 year olds and obviously my first year boys so um yeah loving it at the moment and it's good and, and I, I just it's just a bit of satisfaction like so last year we had um eight or nine players drafted and, and it's just good to go through the journey with them through their 17s year, 18s year and then you know get drafted and it sort of feels like feels like I've been drafted again the satisfaction as well um seeing that seeing the boys that I've worked with and and have really good relationships with um get drafted and, and sort of start their AFL careers so that's what's driving me at the moment it's quite sad it's, it's quite a satisfying role um just putting in the work and and seeing the boys um you know realize their dreams and then yeah starting their footy careers yeah beautiful mate is that so that's more of a, a mentoring role at the moment so you're just just helping these guys adjust to that that lifestyle yeah so yeah. Man, a bit of mentoring roles and then and also like i work quite closely with paul and robbie and robbie derazio and nick geishan um just sort of you know i pretty much just sit in their pockets in meetings and, and just meet people and learn about the industry and you know do contracts and um yeah just be you know in all those discussions and stuff and quite fast track learning through what the, um, what the industry entails. And yeah, I think, you know, I'm a bit of a people person as well and that's what's required in the industry. So um, yeah, loving at the moment and yeah, can't wait for what the next sort of five years looks like. I've been, uh, I've been playing thirds footy for the last four or five years. Do you reckon there's any AFL clubs that'd be looking for a player like myself to fit into their spot nicely you could try to team me up with? Who knows, mate? A few mature, mature ages, <laughs> mature ages are in vogue at the moment. So, who knows? We do a Tom Stewart and be playing local, then go straight into the AFL. Who knows, mate? That's um, the dream, mate. Keep it alive. If you need, a, <laughs> if you need a manager, you know who to call. <laughs> exactly right. 
<laughs> oh, perfect, mate. So what's uh, what's the plan now for for, for Nate Freeman? Um, you know, over the next few years. So obviously you spoke about the Dolphins. You be playing there next year, and yep. um, obviously looking to get into player management over the next few years as well. So that, is that the plan going forward now? Yeah, that's the plan. So we've uh, wait and see, and then sort of just evolves with with work and and with footy, and yeah, wait and see. I'm only 25 still, so so still quite young. Um, yeah, so I've got a got quite a bit ahead of me, which is exciting and. I'm quite settled in, in footy and work now. So, yeah, just really excited to get stuck, stuck back in when all this coronavirus stuff blows over and we can actually go out and live quite normally. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You've hit the nail on the head there. Well, um, that's all we've got time for today, mate. It's been, uh, it's been great. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And as we said at the start, it's been a long time coming and uh, it's definitely been worth it. So, we are, yeah, we both really appreciate you coming on, mate. No, no worries. Thanks for having me, boys. Cheers, Nath. We'll, uh, we'll chat to you soon. Done. See you, boys. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Nathan as much as we did. And if you did, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, or even just share it with a mate. All the support really helps. And be sure to stay tuned for future episodes about free agency, the upcoming trade period, and even some future guests.